Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Arise with Amber, the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me and for coming back. I pray that you all had a very blessed week. I um, had a pretty eventful week. I turned 42 and I also had a stomach bug. So I was navigating mom life with children and a stomach bug, but thankfully my sitter was able to come help us out and I was able to sleep a little bit. So that was good. Okay. Um, I wanted to share something with you guys, and I can't remember if I shared this before, but after we lost River, I I met a wonderful woman who I began a grief share class with, and through that class, I began to do her Bible studies, and I've met so many incredible women through that group of ladies and through those studies, and one sweet lady that I met was named Susan, and she had heard that Granger was going through seminary, and so her sweet husband passed in 2022, and I had actually met her husband at the very end of our grief share class. We did communion, and it was just this very beautiful um, meeting at the very end of our grief share class, so I got to meet him and, and got to hear him hear, hear him speak, hear him preach, and so Susan, after he passed, she had heard that Granger was attending seminary, and she reached out so kindly and so sweetly and said, you know, would would Granger ever want to come over, and could he ever use any of these books that my husband used? So he had this massive library, I mean, all sides of the room covered in books, you know, theological books and Bibles and, and commentaries and just his notes, and so we got to go over there and pull some books out, and so Granger's been using them, you know, for his sermons, and it's been really neat to see his little notes in there, and it's just it's just really, really special, and I just love how God brings people together, even through suffering and through grief, and what I wanted to say was, I noticed when we went into this library, she had two chairs of his that were in the library, and we looked down, and they are completely worn out where he would go every morning in prayer and pray. They were completely worn out where his elbows would be. And I was just so convicted of my prayer life in that, in that moment that I just pictured him there on his knees every single day, deep in prayer, so much so that he wore out two chairs, like the felt, the, the fabric, it had holes in it from where he was there in just a posture of prayer. And I was just convicted of my own prayer life. Like I pray and there are times when I pray on my knees and there are times when I sit in that, in that posture. There are times when I lay on the floor and pray, but I was convicted that I don't have a prayer life like that. And I know we shouldn't compare, but I want to have a prayer life like that. I want to have a chair that's worn out. I want to wear my knees out from prayer, from, from going to battle for my friends and my family. And so just seeing that was such a beautiful representation of how he lived in private was so much how he lived in public. Like those, you can, you can talk the talk, but do you walk the walk? Is your secret space the same as your public platform? So that was just such a beautiful vision to me. And I want us all to think about our prayer life this week. How can we be in a better posture of prayer? I can definitely be on my knees more. There's something different about being in that posture, about getting down on the ground on your knees or, you know, many times I've cried on the floor and laid on my back with my arms, my palms open, but there's just a different feeling of being in that posture of prayer, humble surrender to God, crying out, pouring out your heart to him, begging and supplication, you know, just an, or an adoration or worship. So I want to encourage you guys this week. What is your, what does your prayer life look like? What is your posture in your prayer? And can you do better?
because I think we all can. So I was blessed, blessed this week to see that man's chair, you know, and I pray it's passed down for generations in their family so that their, their kids and their grandkids can see that just such a shining witness to God and his glory. And, um, it was a blessing. It was a blessing for me this week. So I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'm going to get started on our topic for today. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for the gift of this day. God, I wish that we could all have a posture of prayer like that. Lord, humble us. Humble us to see your glory, God. Make us fall to our knees and humble surrender to you and to your goodness. And, and help us to go to battle for our brothers and sisters. Help us to pray so hard that we wear out our floor, that we wear out our knees, that we wear out our chairs for those that we love, for those that are lost, just in in worship for you. God, I pray as I bring this message today that somebody hears a word from you. I pray that I am able to handle your word rightly and truthfully, God, and I just pray that um, I decrease as you increase, Lord. I just, I don't want anything to come from this of my own selfish desires or feelings. I want you to humble me in this space. And I just want to speak your word. And I just want to challenge people and convict people as as you do me every day. Lord, help us grow in grace together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your son. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay, well, today I want to talk about the spirit of offense. It seems that everyone everywhere all over the place, is so easily offended. And I know I've done an arise on this topic, but I've just been thinking about it again lately. No one can say or do anything anymore without being offended or without saying something to offend somebody. And we know this all too well, but doing our Smith videos and our Arise videos and Granger's podcast and all the things that we do, even just posting on social media, we're going to offend somebody, no matter what you do. And and as much as we try not to, you know, I'll say, oh, we shouldn't post that or shouldn't do this. It, there's nothing we can do. We're not going to make everybody happy. So we've just come to terms with that. But everything that we can see behind everything that we can see behind the natural is a spiritual world. Guys, they're, they're all intertwined. And I believe one of the main traps of Satan is having a spirit of offense within us. And I've heard it said that offense is the bait of Satan. When we are easily offended, that is such a bait of Satan. So I want you to think about this. Are you somebody who is easily offended? Are you someone who takes things overly personal when they really have nothing to do with you? Are you somebody who sees something posted on social media and you can't just scroll past it? You have to write your comment. You have to write how you feel. You have to write your opinion. If someone cuts you off, are you quick to anger? Are you quick to drive up beside them and flip them the bird? Are you are you easily offended, easily angered? If a friend or family member says something to you or or doesn't do something that they that you think that they should do, are you easily offended? Or are you quick to take it personally? Or do you always have to prove that you're right? I will tell you a couple of things that I am offended by in my fleshly nature, and one is people who do not put their shopping carts back. I another one is fruit flies. I am so offended by the amount of fruit flies that are in my house right now. I guess it's just the season or it's all the plants that Granger has brought into our home and that we compost, but there are just fruit flies all over the place and they drive me crazy. And I'm only half kidding, but those are just two of the things that, you know, are my little pet peeves that slightly offend me a little bit in my flesh. I I often think, you know, why can't you just put your cart 10 feet back from where you just left it on the curb. It would really help out the employees and it would really help out somebody else's car from not getting bashed in when the wind comes. 
you know, and, and people get offended that I say that because they'll say, well, I have kids and it's not safe. And I have kids too. And I make sure that I put my cart back. So anyway, those are just silly things that are just little pet peeves, but I'm not so offended that I would ever like go say something to somebody. You know, I go about my day or I go put the cart back for them and help them out. So I'm not talking about those little things. I'm talking about being offended at every little thing that somebody does or says or posts. I'm talking about just having an easily offendable spirit. Now that I'm thinking about that, you guys can comment below your little pet peeves that maybe things bother you. Um, but it's not something that you're super offended by. It's just something that you're a little annoyed by. You guys can comment down below on any of the platforms, but I'm talking about having a true spirit of offense where you get angry at every little thing. You have to, you have to just shout whatever you want on social media. You can't just go past things and not let them bother you. And guys, not everything is about us. Not everything is about us. We are so small and we make ourselves so big. We have so much pride and we make an idol out of ourselves that if somebody does or says something to offend our little spirit, people are going to know about it or property is going to get damaged or something is going to happen. So, you know, we don't always have to comment on everything. We don't always have to let that person cutting us off make us angry. Maybe they didn't really, maybe they really didn't see you. You know, that's happened to me a couple of times. I've, I've truly accidentally pulled out in front of somebody. I didn't see them. And then somebody will drive up beside me and flip me off. Or I had one guy th literally throw something at my car. He, he pulled, rolled down his window and started throwing trash at my car. I truly didn't see him. And this was actually, it was after we lost River and my mind, my, my mind just wasn't there. And I, I just didn't, I pulled off, pulled off the highway and I didn't see him. So maybe somebody just got some really bad news. Maybe, maybe somebody is just, they're, they're driving somewhere to help somebody or they're scared or they're worried or, or they got, you know, a diagnosis. We don't know. We don't always have to be so easily offended. Not everyone is out to get you. And I think guys, one of the main tactics is from Satan is division. He wants nothing more than to divide, than to, to put a wedge between you and God, to divide your relationship with the Lord or to divide the relationship with you and God's people. That is one of his main tactics is division. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We need to be putting on the full armor of God. And we need to be clothing ourselves in humility and meekness and kindness and self-control. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And one way that he does that is by offense. So, you know, someone says or does something that, that gets under our skin or, or makes us annoyed and things start to build up. And then one day, that relationship that was so beautiful ends up being this dumpster fire and you don't know how you got there. You know, London, she had a sign on her closet the other day. And it said, warning, dumpster fire. Do not enter unless you ask me to come in. And so I opened up the closet. It was a complete mess. Clothes were everywhere. You know, there was stuff everywhere. And you think, okay, that was so clean. How did it get to this place? Well, it's just one little thing here and there. It's one little thing, one little sock, one little shirt, one little blanket, until it just turns into this huge mess. And that's how it is with our lives. You know, even in our marriage, it's one little thing that's not dealt with. One little thing that somebody says, one little thing that somebody does, and they all build up until this root of bitterness just takes hold in our lives. And then we, and then we wake up and our relationship is in shambles. We know that we are fallen, sinful creatures. And that's why the, the Bible warns us of certain things. You know, it tells us in 2 Timothy 
about the last days. It says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen, with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. We should not be surprised by, by any of these things. We live in a fallen world. We are fleshly, sinful humans. Of course, people are going to be all of these things. So why are we surprised? We also read in Galatians, Galatians 5, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, or the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you at times in the past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us all of these things we do in our flesh. You know, so many, so many people might say, well, I'm not practicing sorcery, or I, I, I haven't murdered, or I'm not committing adultery. So they think that they're high and mighty. But how are you doing in your anger? How are you doing with envy? How are you doing with jealousy? How are you doing with gluttony? All of these things are sinful. How are you doing with gossip? So just because you might think that you're not sinning on a higher level, doesn't mean that you're not sinning. We are still flesh. It goes on to say later in Galatians, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. The Bible calls us to put all of those things to death. All of those things that I listed before, it calls us to put all of those things of the flesh to death. And it calls us to put on love, put on joy, put on peace, put on patience. We're called to put on all of those things, but we can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do that on our own. In John 13, it says, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How are we doing with loving one another when we are so easily offended by one another? James 1.19 says, Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Are we living this out? Are we quick to listen? Are we slow to speak? Are we slow to anger? Proverbs 19.11, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. It is his glory to overlook an offense. Guys, we have the choice not to let things offend us. We don't always have to air out all of our frustrations on social media. We can just pray about them. We can just close our computer and pray and take them to the Lord and ask God to remove this spirit of offense from us. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not keep a record of wrongs. Are we living that out? Or are we people that keep a record of wrongs? Are you somebody who, who holds everything against your husband or your wife, who brings up so much stuff from the past that you guys have walked through and forgiven each other for? Are you keeping a record of those wrongs? Or are we quick to forgive like Jesus forgave all of our sins that he took for us on the cross? That's what we're called to do. It's not easy. It's not easy, but we do have a choice. 
we do have a choice in how we respond and react to people. We are in a spiritual battle every single day, and the enemy wants you to harbor an offense. He wants you to live in anger. He wants you to live in resentment, and he wants you to remember every little thing that somebody has done or said to you, and he wants to recall it to your memory whenever you are in a, in a, a place where you get angry or frustrated or sad or tired or you're in grief. He wants you to make an idol out of yourself. He wants you to make yourself think that you are much bigger than you are, that you deserve so much, that you are, you know, you ha- he wants to give people the sense of entitlement, which is what people with a spirit of offense really have, is a sense of entitlement. They're prideful, they're arrogant, they're ego-driven. They truly think the world kind of revol- revolves around them when it doesn't. Guys, the Bible is our life. There is so much wisdom and so much guidance and so much protection in the words of scripture. And our Lord graciously warns us through his text. Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many may become defiled. We don't want to allow that root of bitterness to spring up in our hearts and just continue to fester and grow. God calls us to unity especially in the church, especially in the body of Christ. He reconciled us to himself by his blood. And I think, you know, so many can come to the house of God seeking their own selfish desires, seeking their own selfish gains, seeking their own agendas and how they want to be served and how they want to be fed instead of coming to see how they can serve. What can you bring? What gifts did the Lord give you that you can bring to the body of Christ? How can you serve others? We are not perfect people. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect pastor. There is no perfect body of believers. There will be times when people offend you, where people say things or do things or don't appreciate maybe something that you've done. But how are you going to respond? How are we to act as the body of Christ? What are we to do? You know, the Bible calls us to go to that person. If somebody has offended us, if somebody has wronged us, as believers, as as walking in life, in truth, with with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're called to go to that person first in private. Don't go blast it on social media. Go talk to them. Allow them a chance to explain themselves or, you know, allow them if it was a text or something that you didn't quite get the feeling of their emotion behind it. Call them on the phone. See what they meant by it. Matthew 18, 15 says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him this his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained a brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So we're called to to unity in the body. And this is mainly about church discipline and how, you know, if something is happening in the church, go to them, talk to them. If that doesn't work, bring somebody else with you. You know, we're, we're trying to get people to repent of, of what has happened and to ask for forgiveness and to offer forgiveness and trying to maintain that. We need to be eager to maintain that unity in the body of Christ. There will be times in life where we don't get the appreciation that we deserve. And and I know this all too well as a mom. Many times we're, we're underappreciated. We're, you know... People don't see all what men all what men and women do in the house or the outside of the home. You know, many people don't see what moms do, and many people also don't see what dads do outside of the home and working so hard to provide for the family. They can feel underappreciated, just as women can feel underappreciated in the home. 
but we don't, we don't need to feel appreciated. And if we do, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. And I, I'm guilty of this too. Of course I'm human. Of course, sometimes I feel like, well, gosh, nobody sees what I'm doing, but then I have to flip it and say, but I get to do what I'm doing. I get to serve my husband. I get to serve my kids. I get to, I, you know, turn it to a spirit of gratitude that you get to have these children in your life. You get to wash their clothes. You get to do their dishes. You get to cook them meals. It's hard to feel underappreciated when you have a spirit of gratitude. So just try to flip that. If you're ever feeling that way, try to, try to turn that on its head and flip it around. And I promise you'll feel much better. You know, last I checked, we weren't the ones that died on the cross. The world isn't here to glorify us. The world isn't here to serve us. We are here to glorify God. We are here to to love the Lord our God above all else and to love and serve his people, to love and serve his body. So as Christians, I want to tell you a couple of things that I think we need to do. I think we need to develop a thicker skin. You know, we're all going to be persecuted. We're all going to be judged. We will have the enemy aim to divide us. So what are we going to do when that comes? How will we respond? How will we react? We can choose what we're going to do. We can choose whether or not we're going to be offended. We can choose whether or not we're just going to scroll past something and close close our computer. We can choose how, if somebody says something to us, how we're going to respond. We can have a filter. We can have self-control. We can pray about something and we can pause before we react. And many times, just a simple pause will help you. It will calm you down so you don't act out in the spirit of offense. We need to stop being so selfish and we need to start being more servant-hearted. We need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. We need to ask the Lord to guard our mouths. We need to be quick to forgive and try to see the good in every situation instead of always jumping to the negative. I know I'm sure there's people in all of our lives who, who are so quick to jump to see the negative in everything. And that is such a hindrance to your growth, to your spiritual growth. We need to try to see the positive, try to see the gold in people instead of always looking for the dirt. We need to lower our expectations of people. And this is something that I've, I've really learned in my walk is that, you know, I used to have really high expectations of how I thought people were supposed to be, how I thought family was supposed to be, how I thought friends were supposed to be. And it's when we have our expectations set so high that we're let down and that's a trap of Satan. That's a trap of Satan. We, we require so much out of people and they're doing the best that they can. You know, honestly, I think about that, you know, with my friends right now, my friends in motherhood, we are all doing the best that we can. And there are so many of us in the trenches. There are so many of us with many children in diapers or, you know, we're navigating middle school hormones or we're navigating college life or, you know, we're, we're doing the best that we can. We're navigating, you know, extracurricular activities plus, plus work, plus, plus our husbands, plus sicknesses, plus grief, plus all the things. We're doing everything that we can. And if I was to get so offended that, you know, a friend didn't call and check on me or a friend didn't text me back, if I was to get offended every time that happened, I wouldn't have any friends. We need to be less easily offended people and, and be, be Christians of grace. And just because seven, somebody hasn't reached out in a while, don't get angry with them. Reach out to them. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? I'm sorry that we haven't been able to connect. I know you're in the trenches of motherhood. Can I send you dinner? Send them a card. Do something. Because I really truly believe we're all doing the best that we can. And I've learned in my walk that the more you lower your expectations, the more peace you have. 
you know, I used to get upset about certain family members who wouldn't reach out or who I, I didn't feel were treating me how they should be treating me. And I've had to let that go and realize that people will be who they are. And if you just love them for who they are, you live, you will live your life in much more of a spirit of peace. So we need to practice self-control. You might be right in a situation, but you don't always have to prove it. We can be meek. We don't always have to, you know, push people's noses in the dirt and prove that we're right. We can just go, okay, I know I'm right, but I'm moving on. We need to be in constant prayer because we cannot do any of this aside from the Holy Spirit. And we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We can look to Jesus to see how we can model a life of not being offended. You know, Jesus was denied three times. And he still came to Peter and told him to feed his sheep. He still loved him. He still forgave him. On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Staring down at the people who nailed him to the cross. Jesus should have been the most offended person on the planet, but he modeled kindness and grace and love and compassion and forgiveness. And are we doing that? Can we do the same for others? So I want us to think about our life this week. See, you know, see how you react into a situation. See how you react to a social media post. Are you, are you easily offended? I want you to take a pause this week and Ask yourself, are you spending most of your day blessing others or criticizing others? Are you, are you spending your day finding the gold in people or finding the dirt and finding the faults like we talked about? Don't let your flesh rule your life. Let the Spirit of God rule over you. And the only way that we can do that is if we are in our Bibles, is if we are spending time in that secret place on our knees in prayer, spending time in relationship and intimacy with God. We can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. We have to be in prayer. Lord, Remove this from me. Help me to walk in those fruits of the Spirit. Give me patience. Give me kindness. Give me self-control. I also believe that God can redeem and restore any relationship. So if you have been offended, if somebody has offended you, if somebody has wronged you, if somebody has betrayed you, if somebody has caused division in your life, I believe that the Lord can redeem it. He might not restore it this side of heaven, but at least he can set you free. He can set you free from that, that prison of offense and that that feeling of unforgiveness. God can set you free from that. So go to him in prayer and ask for him to remove that and lay it at his feet. And let us all take a look at the speck in our own eye before we start pointing out the faults of others, before we start being so offended at what other people are doing. How about we look at what we're doing? We might be the ones who are easily offending somebody else. I have to look at my own life in this way. One thing that I'm not worried about offending people about is by sharing the love of Jesus. And Matthew eleven six says, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. There are so many people that are offended by the gospel. There are so many people who are angry, you know, and we have to wonder why. Why are people so angry at the good news? And one reason is that it makes us confront our sin. It makes us truly see that we have a need for a savior. And it makes us truly admit that our pride has to die. We have to die. In a sense, we have to die. And many people don't want to do that. Many people don't want to give up the life that they're, that they're living. So that is offensive to people. Another is that it makes us realize that we can't do anything apart from God. And so many people think that they can do everything on their own strength. And we truly can't. We can do nothing apart from God. And, and it, it calls us to a place of humility and surrender. And many people don't want to do that. And it's also offensive because it states that Jesus is the only way. 
that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to heaven. No one can come to the Father except through him. And that is offensive because it offends other religions and other people's beliefs. But we cannot be afraid to share the good news. We cannot be afraid to share the truth by being afraid of offending someone. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So we keep sharing the truth. We keep sharing the truth in love. We keep putting on the fruits of the Spirit. And we keep praying for unity in a divided world. Thank you guys for listening. You guys are chosen. You can find me at arisewithamber.com. You can shoot me an email, arisewithamber at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Amber Emily Smith. I'll see you next time. Bye.